This is the Pink Floyd Fellas, featuring your fellas Pete and PJ, leading you through the journey of the world's most popular progenitors of progressive psychedelic rock, Pink Floyd. Thank you for our introduction from Techno Sandman or whatever his name is. And uh, this is Pete, your and this co-host. Is PJ. Your other co-host. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes there. Oh, you're good. No, my toes are 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 free and unmolested. Oh, no. good. I, I wish I, I could those... say the same. Oh, no, what's going on with your toes, PJ? Who's got a weird uncle? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, I don't I want to talk about it. I'm sorry. That's that's not good. You don't want to play this little piggy with all of your relatives. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only for trusted ones. This little piggy got scarred for life. Mm-hmm. This little piggy has to go to therapy in a few years. <laughs> this little piggy will have trouble having physical connections as an adult. <laughs> this little piggy cried, no, 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 all the way home. Um, this little piggy's going to uncover a lot of traumatic <laughs> memories during, during hypnosis therapy at some point. I never noticed how long that guy pauses between like, all of the words and then when he says... Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. I feel like he took a full minute. I think he did. And then took a full minute and then edited it down so that it was a little less than a minute. But then it had the feeling of a full yeah. minute break. It's like recording 100 guitars. It's like 100 <laughs> guitars in the same room playing, but you only record one. <laughs> you just get the aura. The aura. aura. The aura. Peter eats on Mike. Yeah, it's back, baby. I'm having an afternoon snack. Just, uh, I got the old, uh, you know, the baseball season's back, PJ. I got a, got a game on, got my beer and my pretzels. I'm just, uh, sitting here podcasting. A good old American pastime. We're just sitting here with our mustaches watching (laughs) baseball and podcasting. That's right. It was a pleasant Who? surprise. Speaking of, there's a quick plug for Fake Bands Real Music, our other show with, um, that includes Paul as a co-host. But I FaceTimed with Paul this morning, uh, and we picked up, and both of us had shaved our beards into mustaches over the last few days since we last recorded. It was a pleasant surprise. That is nice. Um, <clears throat> here's a little peek behind the... Go- let's let's talk about our personal lives for a minute, Pete. So I am. I uh, I, I've gotten engaged to my brother, <clears throat> as as Your I think brother Melanie, my brother Melanie, who we've talked about a lot, which, um, well, yeah, we still have to keep up appearances on this show. The other show I can talk about as much as I want because Paul's our hot single guy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but my for for the time being, my brother Melanie, um, and I got engaged, and uh, so we will be getting married, and we're going on a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. on a cruise eight dudes on a cruise i think it'd be so funny if we all had mustaches um i've been I'll thinking it. about it for a long time i think most people would be into it yeah you and absolutely. paul are already doing it as you said me and paul are already doing it off the top of my head everyone that i can think of everyone who i know that's going has at least had a mustache at some point that i've known them so it's not out of the realm of possibility it's not like it would freak anyone out to have a mustache because they've never done it or something yeah um i think that's a great idea 
That's fantastic. And then people will just be confused about whether we're like cops or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're aviators. Cops, and cops on a cruise. Well, we're aviators and say microaggressions. Yeah. Uh, then it kind of sounds like we're just being Miles Teller from the from the the Maverick movie. Did Top he do gun. did he do microaggressions? Um I think it was probably. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he did have a really terrible mustache. Like embarrassingly. I don't like a as bad a, mustache. As a person who loves mustaches, I never want to discourage someone from having one. Cause they're a great and still underrated facial hair. Um because no matter how popular they've gotten in recent years. Anyone who ever has one is still going to get dumb comments about you being like a porn star or something from the 70s yeah. for having it. So I, I don't um, – I, I want to be pro-mustache in all ways. I'm very accepting. Yeah. Miles Teller has a shit mustache. It's like so – It is very, very – it's lopsided. Narrow and lopsided, and yeah. I don't love a mustache that rounds on the ends. Mm. Like I like mm-hmm. it to come to a natural pointed taper. And mm-hmm. his are, like, round for no reason. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have the opinion that li- I think literally every man in this world looks better with some sort of facial hair. I think any type of facial hair, for the most part, except for, like, a Van Dyke or a goatee, if you have a full okay. beard or a mustache, you always look better than clean-shaven. Now, mm-hmm. I love this. Are we including, like, a heavy stubble that you would not call a beard? Yes. Okay, that that gets rid of the one person who popped into my head. They're off the table now. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to think of another person who is mostly clean shaven. You look up any celebrity clean shaven, and then you look them up with a beard. Mm-hmm. They always look better. Every single one. There's not a single one that looks worse. God, I'm trying to think. Like I feel like there have to be. And I I do want to say that it does have to be, like, a decent. They can't have disgusting facial hair like a super long chin beard or something like brad pitt even though brad pitt looked it was gross facial hair he looked good with it um but like if they have good facial hair then they look much better with it the only one i can kind of think of is michael Sarah. he looked weird with his little mustache but um mm-hmm. all right but let's like, do this menshealth.com 30 celebrities with and without facial hair oh fuck yeah dude Okay, Jason Momoa. You know, fun fact about Jason Momoa, I have never seen anything he's been in. I've never seen see him act. Dune. I didn't see Dune. Oh, okay. I think that's that's not the only thing I've seen him in, but that's like the only one that I remember. Okay. He's in Aquaman. He's also oh. in um, Game of Thrones, which so I So he definitely does not look better. Oh, I see. It's just this. Okay, John yeah. Krasinski. Not known for having facial hair, but I agree with you. Better with facial hair. Looks better. Drake, obviously better with facial hair. Obviously. He has a good, he has a good beard. A guy who I've never heard of before. Ooh, looks, looks like a, a fucking creep without a facial Jeff hair. Jeff Bridges, definitely better with a beard. So much better. David Letterman, definitely better with a beard. Yeah. Zach Galifianakis, definitely better with a beard. Yep. Will Smith, better with a beard. John Hamm. John Hamm is one that's equal. He's but good I still no think, matter what. But I still think that's a point in your favor. Yeah. Tom Selleck? Looks weird without oh, a mustache. Much better. Yeah. Sam Elliott also looks weird without a mustache. Looks like an eagle. Jared Leto, better with the beard. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. 
better with See, the beard. See, but I was going to say, like, I think he looks still good without the full beard, the but it's a heavy, heavy stubble. Yeah. He's, like, a week away from just having a beard. So, yeah. Joe Manganiello, I think, looks better with the beard. Antonio Banderas looks great with that beard. Man. Great with the beard. Sean Bean, better with he the beard. He barely had facial hair in that, by the way. Although, I will say, uh, he, to me, is close to equal, but it's more, yeah. But Sean Bean with a full beard, he's had a full beard, looks great. Jamie Foxx, obviously better with the beard. David Harbour, obviously better with the beard. Kit Harrington, Yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale. Yeah, like at a minimum, it's people who are equal, I would yeah. say. But there, I think, are a ton of people on this list who look so much better with it. Okay. Ooh, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's... That's I'm going to go ahead and say, because Leo has a shit beard for being like a 45, or he's older than that now. He's probably in his 50s. He, he does have the thing but, that I have where it doesn't grow in in the middle in his mustache. It doesn't grow in in the middle, and then it's also just really thin around his chin and neck yeah. and stuff. I feel like he, if he, he had just a mustache like you have, yeah. he would look great, though. I do think, though, for the type of facial hair I've ever seen him have, yeah. I do think he is better looking clean shaven. Yeah. I, I would agree with this one. But I think I'm still up as far as points go. Oh, absolutely. That's the only one. The Hemsworths, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, definitely better with that mustache. Oh, dude. It's a good mustache. And that's it. So the one person I was that immediately popped into my head was Rob Lowe. But Rob Lowe almost always has heavy, heavy stubble. Yeah. And and is not completely clean shaven. But I think Rob Lowe's cheekbones are too beautiful to have a beard, honestly. But he looks great with the stubble. The stubble's good. Um, I think think my theory holds weight, and I think it's a pretty good theory. Oh, absolutely. I thought you were about to say that you think every person looks better with a mustache than without. And I was going to be like, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) There are some people that cannot pull off a mustache. Um one person who had a mustache for his entire life, uh, David Crosby, could not pull off a mustache, oh. but he he had it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. No, facial hair in general, I think. I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe it's an antiquated thought where I'm like, you look manlier with it. But I think everybody, it just compliments everybody's face so well. Yeah. Well, and it just gives you a little more, I don't know. Not We are two white guys Yeah. talking about um donald glover though looks so good with a beard yeah i agree but um what am i trying to say we are like two white dudes talking about it so like but i do think and i know i guess what i'm trying to say is like white dudes with beards is definitely as generic as clean shaven like white dudes now yeah because beards have kind of been in, in fashion for a few years now but I do think it, like, gives you a little more personality and kind of breaks it up. Like, I was just at a work conference recently, and the amount of just, like, 45-year-old guys in, like, a blue button-up shirt and khakis and, like, completely clean-shaven and kind of balding or with just, like, a normal part haircut where it's like, man, if you just had a little mustache or, like, even, like, yeah. a short beard or, like, a little goatee or something, you would look so much – like, you just wouldn't yeah. look the exact same as every other person at this conference. Yeah. Well, and that's the other move is if you're starting to go bald, you grow a beard, exactly. you're good. You're, you look great. Exactly. Yeah. Although I will say, one guy I know from my work, he solves it by having the bushiest fucking eyebrows I've ever seen, and that's Hell enough. yeah. Where it's like he's clean shaven. He would look great with a beard, I think, but he's clean shaven, 
and bald, but he just has like insanely bushy white eyebrows, and it's like that's that gives you some personality. That that's works. a move too. Yeah. No. Not everybody can do that, but <laughs> I think most people can grow a beard if they just wait long enough. That's also my people are like, I can't grow a beard. I don't know that that's true. Leonardo DiCaprio was the only one on that list that was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think most people just don't want to wait, and then most people. Yeah, I think they just don't want to wait. Basically, yeah. it's and not I, I instant kinda, gratification. Yeah, I kind of get it, but um, it's a lot better than hair. Like if you're growing your hair out to be long, then you have a solid like probably three months of just kind of bad hair. Yeah. Whereas if you're growing a beard out, you have like three weeks of bad beard, you know, before it gets good. Yeah, and well, not even I would bad, say, but just kind of middle ground. Where yeah, it's not it's not the say, good stubble look, and it's not the yeah. beard look. It's just kind of right. I was going to say, you look good for the first two weeks no matter what, and then mm-hmm. it gets a little weird for a couple weeks, and then it's a beard. So one person who immediately popped into my head was, I don't know if Roger Waters ever... He's got, he's got a beard. ...has had a beard, but I just Googled it. He looks really good with a beard. He looks... Yeah. I do think he maybe looks better clean-shaven to me, but he does look really good with the beard. No, because look at him. one beard photo I With stubble, way better than clean-shaven. I don't think so. See, I think I found one of him with like just a short beard and I think it looks great, but the few with stubble I see I don't like as much. I think he's just got a weird face in general though. I don't like his face. It bugs me. No, he looks so much better with well, a beard. The photo I found was published May 9th. It was attached to a Variety article published May 19, 2020, titled Roger Waters slams David Gilmore for banning him from Pink Floyd website says they should change the name to Spinal Tap. <laughs> God, I'm so excited to get into their beef. Me too. Because I honestly don't quite know. I think we talked about this early on. I don't quite know what it is except that just Roger Waters is a dick, but they like still hate each other so much. So, One of the pictures, if you look up Roger Waters' beard, is just a picture of uh, Harrison Ford. Huh. <laughs> okay. What does Harrison Ford look like with a beard? That's another guy where immediately in my head I just think good. of him as either clean so shaven good. or Oh yeah, actually he does now that he's gray, he's had a beard a few times and you're right. It but looks great. You look up young Harrison Ford with a beard, such a fucking oh stud, young Harrison Ford beard. So good. Oh my god, he's the hottest man alive. Look at how sexy this motherfucker is. Full but, beard yeah. him, though. It's good. You know what's weird about Harrison Ford? He kind of looks like if my dad and I had a kid. You know what I mean? Like young Harrison you Ford. You do kind of look like... Because I kind of yeah. have a lot of his similar facial features, facial but then features, also yeah. my dad has a lot of his similar facial features, but neither of us are like 100% Harrison Fordy. where I'm like, yeah. He could... You know what? He could have been a freezing. Ooh... I'm going to have to bleep that out. I've just sent you a chat. Mm. Yeah, that looks good. Yeah. He's Wish a sexy boy. Basically, I feel like we have very, very similar faces and hair, except his nose is kind of my dad's nose. He has a gigantic nose. Let's like, see that. Like Papa Pete. Yeah. I feel like everybody from that generation has a gigantic nose. Like my father, mm-hmm. like his yep. nostrils are gigantic. They're so long this way. Yeah, what was and going I, on that they all just had giant noses back then? Uh, thalidomide. What? Thalidomide? Okay, I say so. 
Children of the Thalidomide. Uh, thalidomide was a prenatal vitamin, I want to say. It was something that pregnant women were taking um, to help with, mm-hmm. I think, morning sickness. But then it mutated a bunch of little babies. No. It was a very good joke if you know what thalidomide is. Well, now I do. You had a really good segue moment earlier where you said, the one person I thought of, Roger Waters. And then I didn't do anything with that. <laughs> There's a Reddit thread on r slash the Beach Boys where someone asked uh, if there are any good Beach Boys podcasts and literally ever replied on. So not any of our fans on Reddit. If you're a fan and you have Reddit, go ahead to that thread and posts that you like ours mm-hmm. um that's funny i i think i told this story a long time ago but on tiktok there was this guy who was posting about the beach boys and in the comments i thought this was like when i first got tiktok and i was like wow this algorithm is kind of crazy um and i was like yeah them chinese really know what's up with you pj or russians i'm unclear doesn't matter i don't know someone who we knows? don't like yeah <laughs> oh, wow um as a geopolitically PJ, not as people, human to human. And by we, you mean red-blooded Americans. Yeah, exactly. Red-blooded American men sipping their brewskis while they're watching the crack of the bat green grass. That sounded like a John Fogarty song. Um, but we, uh, I, I was like, have Put you listened? Put me on the couch. I'm ready, ready to, watch to watch today. <laughs> that was good. Um <laughs> um but we uh i i commented and i was like have you ever listened to the beach boys boys a such a great podcast mm-hmm. just like being a douche i didn't yeah. expect him to reply and he was like you know i've heard of it and i should give it a listen soon so if that guy's still listening hit us up you'll be yeah, on hit the us cast up. Beach boys, boys at gmail.com password capital God damn it. yes God i made damn it so hard for you to beat that um, also listen to our other podcast fake bands real music the email of which is fakebandsroommusic at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Password the same. It's not, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> which is even funnier. Yeah, I really don't. And I logged into it last week when we did an episode of that show, but I, I truly don't remember. We should check. I should check real quick if we have any email for this show, because that would be a good thing to do on this show since we have nothing to talk about. I, I have a, I'm about to get into a random, no, we don't. Okay, well, then I'm going to go ahead and take us... I'm going to steer us into a hard left turn, PJ. Are you ready for this? Pete, you said we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> We've been talking for 20 minutes, baby. Uh, okay, I think I'm about to say maybe your least favorite sentence of all time, except for when I said we should do a best of of the Pink Floyd so, of Pink Floyd so far. Mm-hmm. So this is the second worst sentence I think I'm ever going to say on the podcast to your ears. I've been listening to a lot of fish recently. Holy and I, shit. And I think this is not the first time. And I think Trey Anastasio is like a top three guitarist for me. (laughs) Peter. Wow. I've just been thinking about it a lot in the context of Pink Floyd because they're pretty similar. Not so similar, but they they have a lot of commonalities. But you can't dig on the dead. I don't dig on the dead. I'm just not into them. I'm sure that's what I mean. You don't dig on them. Like, oh, I see. I, I, you know what? It's one of those things like fish. I did have an in. And so I kind of like am vaguely into fish because I got an in. I've never gotten an in with the Grateful Dead. And so it's too massive. Let me give you a playlist, fella. You should. 
I would love to listen to a playlist of the dead because I like you, the stuff that I've you heard. You tried to get me into fish probably eight years ago now. Yeah. Um, well, you I, I, sorry, I turned ahead. it off one time because I was like, Peter, oh. don't play fish in our house. And you're like, no, it's this album is like so good. And I was like, Peter, no, it's not. You would, there is one album that you would legitimately <laughs> No, you've told me this before. Okay, well, there's one fish song that I can guarantee you'll like because it's basically just fish does southern rock. We got the freezer on a squeaker. That know, one? Is that even a fish song? I don't know. Probably. They have too many songs. I think anything's a fish song. No, there is one fish song you would love. Except, like, you might not love his voice, but what are you going to do? That's any band. You might not love the voice. So That is sometimes the biggest issue with the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think almost every quote-unquote jam band, I think, has weak vocals, and that's just accepted for Weirdly, some reason. every popular one, terrible yeah. vocals, because they no. care more about the music. But then there's some, like, pretty good jam bands. Oh, man, this is a sentence you might hate. Jam bands that are, like, kind of underground that have, like, great vocalists. Yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. We should just do a jam band podcast <laughs> as dudes who are not super into jam bands. I love, you know what? I love a good jam band that, or, like, a good jam song. Like, I mean, we were even talking about it. We'll get to we'll get to one of these songs later on today. Uh, oh, hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We're going to talk about Relics, the Pink Floyd uh, kind of B-side and singles <laughs> collection today, and then also PJ and I's best of so far uh, for the Pink Floyd career. If you Okay, anyway, it. that's the point of the show. I guess it'll say in the title and description, but still, yeah. I feel bad <laughs> not saying until like 40 minutes in what we're even talking about. Um, we'll get to it later, but like Pink Floyd have a couple very jammy. I mean, obviously, their whole first album is jammy, but yeah, they have some good jammy stuff. The thing with jam bands is, I oh, yeah, feel I love, like I love good jam stuff. If well, I mean, one of the worst bands I ever saw live was called the Dead Fish Orchestra, Ooh. and they did, uh, you know, covers of Grateful Dead and Fish songs, which was yeah. awful. But for the most part, if you're going and seeing a jam band that does, not even going and seeing it, if you're in the park and there's a free concert and it's a jam band, it's almost always good, yeah. right? And so, like, I understand I all agree. these people who go to like Fish concerts and Grateful Dead concerts. Who are like, it's just so like, it's so good to see live. I understand that fully. But it's no. like, if there's also not recorded stuff in their catalog, like, I'm not going to go listen to a three hour live concert to yeah. get like 20 minutes of good music. Which there are certainly opposite bands too that I've seen where I'm like, oh, this band fucking sucks when I saw them live. And then I've heard stuff later and I'm like, oh no, that's pretty good. Yeah. So like, jam bands are interesting in that aspect. They are interesting, but just in terms of, you know, I've been thinking about Davey Gilmore a lot because I would have said he was like a top five guitarist for me before doing this show. So I'm curious, you know, where he'll end up when we're done going through their, yeah their career. And so, but I was thinking about it and I'm like, honestly, Anastasio is up there. He is, he just, everything he does is perfect to me, essentially. Like every every decision he makes, all of his guitar tones are really incredible. I don't know what like pedals and, and amps he uses, but it's yeah. And, and Pete, perfect. be honest with me: is this sure. because you moved to Portland? No, I've been into fish for a while. Oh, since you when lived I in used Missoula. to live in in mini Portland, <laughs> yeah, and then bigger Portland. Yeah, exactly. Mini Portland, <laughs> yeah, big Portland. Portland, and then Portland, Portland. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
What's All next? Right. Austin? Yeah, probably. I hear you love No, what's work. next is probably getting like a really big house with like land in like a hipster, you know, like Virginia town or something. You know what I mean? Like I was looking at houses in Davenport, Iowa. Like that. Yeah. And you can get such a nice lot. house for so cheap. Yeah. Like a big cool Victorian style house. Yeah. For like 110 grand. Hell yeah. But then you, you have to live, live in, in Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> yeah. If you get enough people to come join you. But then you get to be, is it Ohio or Iowa that's like one of the first, uh, excuse me, one of the first. Um, first in flight? That's uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. That's what yeah. it is. Okay. Let's go ahead and get to Relics. Full title, Relics, colon, a bizarre collection of antiques and curios, if you didn't think these guys were assholes. Oh, that's so precious. <laughs> Um, I didn't even know that. I just so, learned that for the yeah. first time. So this was uh, not really a best of. We're, we're kind of treating it like that because we decided to do our best ofs this time. But it's really just uh, like unreleased or not unreleased, but it's like singles and B-sides and a couple unreleased songs and um, some stuff like that that didn't like, um, you know, that wasn't ever collected on an album since they're all British. Since they're a British band in the 60s, they have a bunch of singles that weren't on albums because... They decided uh, writing. It's what you did. Yeah, writing more songs than they needed was the way. It's funny that Britain was still not on the album train in the 60s, whereas, like, the last band to do a bunch of singles that weren't on albums in the U.S. was, like, old country, like Patsy Cline in the, like, yeah. late 50s. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, everything should probably be on an album. Yeah. It's a weird one. And they eat beans on toast, like, they're fucking hobos or something. So... So Relics came out in May 71 and uh, and like many compilation albums, it came out because their record studio was pissed that they weren't selling records. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Amagama did do okay, to be fair. Adam Hartmother did okay, to be fair. Uh, but EMI was apparently very concerned about the upcoming metal, uh, which we will talk about next week, because they had heard from... Uh, either Pink Floyd themselves or people around them that Pink Floyd had zero ideas for metal. Hmm. And uh, so EMI were concerned about the length of time it might take to record and then also just that the album might not be very good. So they wanted to cash in on this Pink Floyd group while they could. Um, so they combined singles, B-sides, uh, unreleased song, um, all from kind of their first from the late 60s era okay so yeah so the album cover is kind of an interesting one it's this illustration that nick mason did of this kind of big contraption-y machine with a bunch of wheels and gears and steam-powered stuff and is that so an it's illustration like, yeah it's well no the original one if you go to wikipedia the original one's like a black oh, okay. or a white background with like it looks like a pencil drawing basically on it and then when it was reissued uh, or released on CD, I should say, in the 90s, Storm uh, Thorgerson of of Hypnosis had commissioned someone to create a, like, real model oh, okay. of that drawing. So a real... I don't think the machine worked, but just, like, a model that looked like that machine. Yeah. So then they took a photo of that as the album cover, and then apparently Nick Mason still has that model, which is... That cool. is cool. 
Um, this oh. album cover, the original one, sucks. shitty. It yeah, sucks. I can't believe EMI thought they could make money off that album cover. No, it looks like a 12-year-old drew it. It's like, Nick, you went to architecture school, dog. Yeah, they should have taken the Rolling Stones thing and done like put his drawing on the back like on between yeah. the buttons or even someone did like a cartoon for the back Charlie, and they put in a font like yeah. that wasn't drawn by him um yeah do you think they were like i mean they did it with revolver <laughs> yeah must have been they hired a professional for revolver though right oh yeah what did this album chart at that's what i want to know went to number 32 on the uk albums 152 on the u.s billboard 200 that sounds pretty, right. pretty good. And I'm just yawning straight through this, apparently. Okay. So, really the only thing here that we haven't talked about yet is an unreleased track. It is called Biding My Time. It's a Roger Waters song. And it was recorded... Um, well, I'm not sure for which album, but it was a song that they played live a lot. And at some point... They recorded a version of it, but it never ended up on an album. Hmm. Recorded in 1969. Wasting my doesn't exactly sound like Pink Floyd. <laughs> nope. It doesn't really even sound like Roger Waters singing. No. That is strange. Very strange. Huh. It's, it's such a thin guitar it. tone. I would never, yeah. like, if, I would never in a million years guess this was Pink Floyd. Yeah. It's uh, a piano is very good on it. Yep, and apparently Ricky also contributes some trombone to this at some point. It sounds like the Pink Floyd doing the Beatles. Not, it doesn't yes. even sound like Pink Floyd doing the Beatles. It sounds like some band trying to do a Beatles yeah. thing. It sounds like they just heard Sgt. Pepper's and they're like, oh, yeah. we could kind of do the like 30s music hall thing. Yeah. And then a completely different guitar tone now. Hmm, maybe it was the same. It just, I don't know. It's strange. So this, I don't. I mean, I don't hate it. No, but it's fine. Yeah. Would this have replaced any of your best of tracks? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah <laughs> okay. I think so. I was gonna say not even close for me, so I'm good without it. Ooh. Oh, there's that trombone. Who did the trombone? Rick. Rick, he's you know they call him Little Davy Fingers, even though Ricky's the keyboardist. I think we got to start yeah. calling him Ricky Lips. I think so too. He can blow that sweet, sweet brass. It's like when we tried to call Bobby Keys Bobby Keys, but that was already his name. Exactly. You know. Mm, he's pretty good. I will all say right, that's actually a pretty kick-ass guitar solo. I did listen to metal all the way through because. When you scroll all the way down on Spotify, it's the bottom Do you mean one on relics? their dis- Yeah, sorry. I keep saying metal. Um, on relics, because I scrolled all the way down, 
and then uh, this was the one at the very bottom. So I was like, this must be their first album. Um, so before we did the first episode, this is what I was listening to. And then like maybe three days before we recorded that, I was like, oh, this is the wrong album. Yeah. And then I put on a different And then you got to listen to a much better one, Piper at the Gates mm. of Dawn. Well, I don't know about that. All right. So that's all right. That's interesting. It's a pretty good guitar solo. So it is. So that's Relics. All right, we're done with that. So now let's get into our best ofs. PJ, who would like to go first? I have mine already on Spotify. Okay. So PJ is going to go first. Actually, let's let's do you first since I have to pull everything up on Spotify. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just give you all these in chronological order. Okay. I'm going to give you a little bit of a prefacing here. Well, I mean, I guess just it's been it's a, a minute. Thing. It's been a minute since we've done the best ofs. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who've who've listened to the show for a while, because we didn't do it at all in the Twenty Seven Club, and then on the Stones, the last time we did one was I think the like nineteen sixty nine to seventy four era or something. Yeah. We did a best of, so that just to kind of catch people up with our methodology here. Basically, we're just all the songs we've talked about so far. We're pulling them out putting them on a playlist and then kind of trying to come up with the best. If we had to 10 to 12 yeah, do a best to 15 of or a compilation album. Yeah. This is what it would be. Yeah. So, and yeah, like, like I said, I'm just going to give mine in chronological order. I think you could shuffle this if you want to be confused hearing stuff from Piper so, back to back with stuff off of. The, yeah. <laughs> I will say sometimes we do order them in the like, yeah, it, but I think that was more for the beach boys and early stones where it was like they would have six albums out in a year or some right. crazy shit. So it's like if you take out all the bad yeah. crap, this is like yeah. a good it, album. Yeah. But this is more of a compilation thing where it's right. chronological. Well, yeah. And it – Hello? Is there, is there a dog under your table? Shelby? Did I just knock something over or did Shelby knock something over? Was that on my I don't my see end? anything near me getting knocked over. Shelb, what's going on? I can hear her walking around out there. She's just ignoring me. She must have done something bad. Fucked up, dude. Wonder if our house came. Again? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and get to in in order the first song on my best of. Lucifer Sam. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and split. This is probably in my top three Pink Floyd songs so far. And by probably, I mean it is in my top three Pink Floyd songs. This song fucking slays. Everything about it is perfect. The guitar part is amazing. The like surfy spy guitar. The bass playing, especially when we get to the bridge where he's doing it with like the violin bow is amazing the drumming's great the melody's awesome the lyrics are great this is i would say definitely the peak sid barrett song to me this is the best sid barrett has ever been okay yeah i'm trying not to give anything away for mine yeah um all right Let's go ahead and get to number two. This was this is maybe my weirdest one to make it onto my final list here. Take up thy stethoscope. Also off Piper at the Gates of Dawn. 
purely just because I love this intro and I love the outro, even though the middle part's not that amazing. Hmm. I really don't like the intro of this song. I love this, and I love the like weird mouth noises that are happening. Um, like this to me is the best song from their early era where it's like they just sound like a badass garage rock band. Well, it's not the best one, but it's up there with Interstellar Overdrive, I would say. Where like if you take some of the weirder shit off this, then they just sound like a really great like kind of, yeah, garage mm. band. Okay. I think anyway. Uh, plus, it's a good early Roger Waters song. But it's... Nice. Okay. The organ's great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you could skip to like a minute left, maybe, just so we get that sweet, sweet outro. It's also nice too that they do a lot of like noise or noisy jamming stuff, but they keep it short. It's like a four minute song, I think. It's three minutes actually. Oh, okay, yeah. So you don't have to deal with too much of it, which is nice. That is always nice. I wish I didn't have to deal with it at all. And then this drumming here at the end is really great. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love it. There was almost nothing badass. about that song I liked. All right. Uh, so my next one, Interstellar Overdrive. Keep it there, baby. So this song, I will say, I do not really like much of the noise in between the beginning and end. And it does go on for far too long. But... I think this opening is like one of the better rock song openings ever made. And so I kind of think it deserves to be on here. Like Sid's guitar starting it and then Roger comes in playing the same part on bass, which is killer. And the drums are really great. Like I will say um, it seems as though our qualifications for putting a song on here are very different. Oh, see, mine are if I like them or not. Mine was too, but you're oh, right. Okay. Yeah, but the middle section, I don't like, that's not the part. See, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be picking and choosing. I guess I'm trying to say that I think this part is so good that it doesn't really matter that the middle of the song is too long and not that great. I think okay. this song is still one of the best, what do I have, 13. I think it's one of the best 13 Pink Floyd songs they've released so far. Okay. So, uh, we can go ahead and skip then to Bike is the last song off Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And you know what? I had a lot of Piper at the Gates of Dawn songs on here originally. I think I took off like three. Damn. To finish with four. Yeah. Uh, How many songs Bike, do you have total? 13. Okay. So, but Bike made the cut because I think, as we talked about at the time and as we talked about now, it's definitely his best lyrics, Sid's best lyrics, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a really great song i like the piano on it the tack piano stuff is great um and 
I like it. And I like okay. it is the way I'll end talking about all of these yeah. songs. I think it's a good call. And you know what? The weird clangy outro is fine too. It's just just fine. It's yeah. pretty good. And All that's right. on the list because you like that song. Exactly. That does it for Piper. And now let's move to Saucer Full of Secrets and the first song, Let There Be More Light. Once again, we're talking one of the great intros in rock music, man. This bass line is so fucking good. I it still can't really believe how great intro. it is. And having the cymbals and the organ like peeling up and man, it's so great. And then, even though I was kind of disappointed, you know, when I first listened to it and we talked about that on the Saucer Full episode, I have come around to where I love this whole song. Like I think every part of this song is great, so. Interesting, okay. Yep. I'll explain more when we get Of course. So, oh, yeah, okay. I'm remembering this song now. You're remembering this song, yeah. Yep. So, and I, it's like initially a disappointment that it slows down, but I like this part more the more I listen to it. And I do really like this song as an early Roger and Davey sharing vocals song, which they do a lot kind of later in their career. But in this yeah. in this late 60s, early 70s part, they don't we, very we much. We rarely see it, yeah. Yeah. So I really like it because that's Rog and then Davey jumps in here. 
And David does such a great, I mean, he always is a good singer, but I just really like his vocal delivery on this. Um, and I just think, I think the melody's good. I like the lyrics about kind of the weird, ominous, maybe aliens or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, and then I really like the end, even though it's like pretty, pretty weak David Gilmore guitar comparatively, I think it still really works in this song and I like I like his guitar playing. I just I I hate the melody the bum blum oh blum, yeah blum, blum. I think I think I would say that I like it or I'm okay with it just because it doesn't last super long anytime it starts, you know what I mean? Like they don't they don't stick but it's on like it for recurring super long. For, I don't know. Yeah. That's, get it. This this was this is not on my playlist, however no. it was one of the last ones I took off because yeah. I like the intro. And this part, I cannot stand that uh, That's fair. melody in the middle, though. All right, let's go ahead and get to the other song. I only had two off Saucerfall. The other song, Corporal Clegg. You know what? We know this from all the time we spent on Badfinger in the 27 Club. I love when people just try and be the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Seems like it. Like, this is, yeah, it's as we, as we talked about in the episode. It is absolutely just them trying to be the Beatles in every way, but it kicks ass. And I just love the Beatles. Actually, they only released a finite amount of music, though, so you got to get more where you can. Do you want to start a band that's like Greta Van Fleet, but for the Beatles? <laughs> this is also an impressive... Uh, you mean Badfinger? This is also an impressive song to but me. Now. Especially in this era of Pink Floyd, because it very rarely feels like they're all on the same... Like, it doesn't ever seem like they really know what music they're making while they're making it. And this song is so clearly they're and like... you like that? No, I, I'm not. Or oh, I don't okay. love that. And so I'm saying oh, this is a cool saying. song to me because it's like they knew how they wanted it to sound. And it's so put together and like really has a lot going on in a way that they don't have a lot in this part of their career. So I will say it's impressive to me in that way. This middle part with the harmonies is very good. No Beatles, but it'll do. Oop! Yep, you lost me now. Yeah, the kazoo's are definitely the the weakest part of this song, but I still I still love it. All right, so now we get to more, which was tough. It was tough to pick only a few songs off more because there's a lot of great songs on more. But the first one that made the final cut on there is green is the color you know if you like songs that are kind of this rhyming scheme and you like fish you might love the song by 311 amber is the color of your energy probably so i think the one yeah i got rid of crying song so green is the color i kept of all things or no, not of all things, because this song, I think, I love the guitar on it. Yeah. And then I really, really love, this is the one with the instrumental outro where they're all kind of just jamming together, yeah. and it's gorgeous. I mean, the whole song's A gorgeous, song. but yeah. But the instrumentals, I think, make it on this one for me. Also, to me, not Pink Floyd, you know? It's kind of like that one we listened yeah. to uh, off of Relics just now. I would never guess this was Pink Floyd if you showed it to me. I hear you, but I do think it fits in. I don't know. They're one of those bands that 
especially actually now that we're going album by album I see this more but they have a pretty strong history of doing acoustic ballad like they end up having acoustic ballads on almost all their albums they at the do. end of the day and so but to me none of them sound like this one in particular that's kind of true this album has a tone and sound to right. it that's that's pretty different yeah but and, I and do. The, yeah it's not the fact that it's like an acoustic no. ballad it's just the fact that it's like the way it sounds to me is not yeah. like any other ballad they do i do think Boy, I can't stop talking about this album, but when we get to their other soundtrack album, I actually do think it kind of sounds similar to that one. What's it called? Obscured by Clouds. Oh, brother. That piano so part great. is like yeah. so simple, but so good. All right, let's go ahead and get to my next song from more Cymbaline, which... I knew you were going to put this one on there. Despite Not all the odds... Way. Yeah, despite all odds, this one made the cut over a couple other more songs because it has really, really great lyrics. <laughs> Which I usually don't care about lyrics. Pink Floyd obviously don't care about lyrics. And yet there's like three or four lyrics in this song that are so amazing. I really love when it gets into the chorus on this song. See, I don't love the chorus here, but the verses have... Well, here, this part. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. See, I don't think it's as good of a chorus as... I think Crying Song was the other one that was like really similar to this one. And I chose this one because I like the melody in Crying Song more, but this one had the better lyrics of the tube train up your spine, something yeah. about the manager and agent on the phone, like that whole bit. It's really great. Um... With, with, with what you have going on on your playlist so far, you're going to lose your mind at mine. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, all right, this is a weird one, but made it off of more. The song, More Blues. I will say it. I'll say it later. I don't want to spoil anything. Here's the thing. Uh, if you had asked me at the beginning of the Rolling Stones suds if I would ever put a blues instrumental on anything that's my favorite, <laughs> I would have said, hell no. And it's not even because I love, I, I really love this song, but not because it's like a blues riff, but just because I really like hearing Davey go to town. I love his tone and I like it as just like completely other from what sound and style Pink Floyd have done so far. And it's just like, it's really cool hearing them kind of expand their style, basically. We're allowed to like David Gilmore still, right? He's the good one of the two? <laughs> yeah, he's the better. Okay. He's the more cool guy okay. out of the two. Just making sure. Unless he says something racist I'm unaware of or something. But in terms of their internal yeah. thing, Roger's the asshole, yeah. Right, right, right. And that's what I was thinking. Um, you know, you got to be careful with any old British people as far as them it's just tough. saying racist shit. You know, any old white man, actually. Yeah, because basically. the Beach Boys aren't British either. Um, all right. And then the last song off more, Abitha Bar, which I think we you talked about on that episode. Board. Oh, did I? Damn it. Yeah. I think we talked about it on this episode. It's... 
it's just fantastic. Great melody, great guitar, awesome, um, awesome kind of hard rock-ish song from Pink Floyd here. Yeah. This goes hard, dude. It's really great. Also, can I, I want to say something about Nick Mason. Th this song isn't in particular making me think of it, but it's something I've noticed. Maybe like once, maybe twice an album, Nick Mason sounds like he just learned how to play drums that morning. And it's really odd because then almost all the other times he's a really fucking good drummer and then occasionally he'll just do a fill or like come in weirdly just where so it's like sloppy. do you not know what you're doing and also why didn't you just re-record that it's really strange you, so i feel the same thing about ringo who like you know he gets clowned on a lot but there's so many drummers who say like no ringo is the best because he like you could do simple stuff, right? And like it sound good or you can do really like crazy stuff and it sounds good like as a drummer. But he knew how to like fit it in a song perfect. He knew exactly what what song needed. But then you listen to some songs and you're like, who the fuck is drumming on? Did he let his daughter do it? What's happening? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a weird one. We'll see if we'll see if he gets better. He is, I will say as much as I want, like I, I don't want to just brush Nick Nick Mason off the off to the side, but he is the only member of Pink Floyd in like five albums or however many we've done so far. He's the only member who has not done anything super impressive to me yet. Everyone else has had a has had no, but he's lots solid. of moments. He's solid, but for it's the most still part. like for just the four of them, man. I, I feel like I want him to be a little bit better, but we'll see. Maybe he's got more in him. Okay. Now we're getting to the Umaguma stretch. The first song on Umaguma that I want to there that I put on is Grant Chester Meadows. Keeping in with Rogers, all of Rogers' acoustic ballads. Uh, this one's great. It's just it's really impressive guitar playing by Roger. Honestly, I really like it. Or I really like his guitar playing, and the lyrics are good. And it's just a. Uh, Fantastic, kind of quiet little. Oh, like, it's this one. Pillow of a song, basically. Yeah, with all this, the bird noises. This is the one I said my cats loved. Exactly. Can I be honest? Yes. Um, so the way that I made this album, I told Peter this earlier, is I put all of the songs from all these albums on a playlist, and if I didn't like it, I deleted it. And this one, after 45 seconds of the bird noises, I was like, that one's out. It's yeah. gone. I didn't uh, even... Probably the exact same with the opening song off more, whatever that was, because I think that also starts with about 30 or 40 seconds of just bird noise. Cirrus Minor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If this song ever starts, we'll hear it. I will say, I mean, it's seven and a half minutes long. It could be four minutes, easy. <laughs> this song does not need to be that long. And this is my thing with Pink Floyd. And so I have a fun game when my playlist starts oh, for okay. you to play. I'm excited. 
in the sky was and this is also the song that I was like, oh, it would be phenomenal if it wasn't for all the fucking bird noises. And they don't even stop. They don't stop during the actual song. No, they go the entire seven minutes. And it's clearly like 10 seconds of bird noises looped. It's yes. not like somebody had a recorder out there for um, four minutes or whatever the song is. Seven minutes. All right, well, I'll spare you, and we'll go ahead and get to a song I know you'll like, which is, this is probably the, the weirdest song I left on here. Several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grooving with a pict. Cool. And, and so explain yourself. Yes. So I love all of Sid Barrett's, and apparently Roger got in on this too, on Piper. But all of the weird mouth noises slash beatboxing, not really, but just weird mouth noises. I think that's weird and awesome. And I know it showed up a little bit in a couple of the songs I put on there, but the best songs on Piper for that were not, did not make it on my playlist. I think Power Talk H is maybe the best one for that. Um, and so I like that. So that automatically, I'm kind of in on this song. I like the weirdness and how off the wall it is. Like the wall comes much later, Pete. I just like, yeah, that's funny. Well, but this one is off the wall. It's not on it. Oh, you're right. You're. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Basically, I just like that this exists and is on an album. Hmm. And Crazy, but it's because I hate that this exists and it's on an album. See, huh. but it, in a much different way than like. Man whatever you know the grand vizier's garden party is where like this at least to me has some creativity and imagination and like a lot of in its own way like thoughtfulness that went into making it um wow right really okay like all right what's your next song uh the last song on my best of is also off umaguma you'll notice Adam Hartmother showed up nowhere on here. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, my last song is The Narrow Way Part 3, which is, in my opinion, the best Pink Floyd song that exists in their in their short career so far. Doesn't feel like that short of a career, if you ask me. Yeah. The songs are long. It's like, I heard someone say recently when you're a parent, the days are long and the years snap by like that. And that's kind of how the Pink Floyd feels. The songs feel like they never end, but the albums and years are over in just a, a second. <laughs> yeah. And now is when I took it off my thing. See, so you're wrong, though, because once you get into it, literally the only, like, this song is the best song that any of them have written, I think but it's just let down by the fact that they all forced each other to do their own instruments. So like he doesn't have good drumming or the bass playing's fine, but it's not incredible. So like, well also what kind of uh, doesn't work in its favor is the 45 second bagpipe noise at the beginning of it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Not put it there is what you should be doing. All right. I hear, I hear your point. I'm not saying you're wrong about any of this. I'm just more willing to embrace what Pink Floyd is and accept them for who they are, PJ. I meet Pink Floyd where they're at instead of making them meet me where I'm at. 
Oh, I don't. Um, and the thing is, if they did all of these, and we're going to talk about it in a couple episodes, like they did uh, Dark Side of the Moon, where it's like more of a concept album, fine. Then to me, the album is a listening experience instead of many songs that have stupid shit all around it. Yeah. That was kind of harsh, but yeah. true. Uh, while we wait for this song to kick in in just a second, I will explain the only song off Adam Hart Mother I even considered was the really long one. But after leaving that on the playlist a couple times, because that one section is perfect. It's good. But, but after listening through the whole playlist a couple times, I just found myself skipping it. And I was like, so it's clearly not a best. Like, I don't want to listen to the rest of Adam Hart Mother. And the B side of Adam Hart Mother, I do not like. I think it's got its fans out there, but it is pretty boring to me. I didn't mean to turn it down. And you know, this middle part is a pretty good song, if not a little boring. I think you're right that if the full band was in on it, it'd be a little better. It takes quite some time to get into it, though. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it. I got most of my stuff off more and Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And, sure uh, did. But I got, I got something from every album except Adam Hart Mother. So that's kind of good. I do think, though, this is the first time we have ever done a best of or compilation or anything where I've, com- where I've completely ignored a whole album. Mm. But that's Pink Floyd for you. Yeah. Especially when the album's only five songs long. You don't have a lot of choices if you don't like it that much. Well, you got five. Well, I was going to say, though, if it's a Beach Boys album, then it's like if you don't like five of the songs, then you have 15 more to choose from. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still only half an hour. Exactly. All right. You want to go ahead and get to your best of, PJ? Yeah. Real quick, Pete. I want you to guess how long the longest song I put on here is. Oh, 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 man. I'm going to say like five and a half minutes. Almost right on the wow, nose. Five minutes, 29 seconds. Damn. And here's the deal, though. I will say, just real... Uh, Interstellar but, but, Overdrive was the only long song that made it onto yeah. mine. And as much as I do enjoy some of their long songs, at the end of the day, they're, they're not my favorites. And I, at this point in their career, those are not the things that they do best. Yeah. I think they will later, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, little- I, I'm somewhat with you there. Yeah. A little peek behind the curtain. Um, I had 14 songs on this list. Well, I'm impressed and you, you got that you, many on there. Well, I only have 12 now. Because you said you were getting yours down to 12. And so I said, yeah. I can do away with two of these right quick. Oh, okay. Um, and the two I got rid of were Cymbeline and More Blues. So mm. I just want you to know. Okay, nice. Yeah. First song. Lucifer's Nice. Song. How could you not? It's just such like a Peter Gunn like. This song kicks so little, much. Yeah. It, it kicks ass in every single way that it could be great. It's great, and maybe even perfect. Like this song, I, I think we talked about it during the episode, but like I can't believe it wasn't a hit then. And this feels like a song that deserves to be on every. It's because it talks like about best music. of the '60s compilation, or you know, if they're yeah. talking about like 
swing in London on a documentary. Like this should absolutely and it's so be so of the background. its time. It's yeah. that weird, yeah, like mid to late sixties. No, one, yeah, yeah. Um, the next song, bike. It's just a good I, song. I'm, so, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I forgot that you liked this one. Or I don't know what you said about it at the time. But I don't remember if I said anything yeah. good about it at the time. Yeah. I think I was probably just annoyed with the album as a whole. But <laughs> yeah, I think so. You were done by that time. Taking a peek at all of them, like, one by one. Hey, and plus one it starts right in. songs they have. Exactly. Yeah. And you might see a common theme here, Pete. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fantastic. The next one. The first one that you don't have on yours. Okay. Wait. Off of Saucerful. Seesaw. Interesting. Very interesting. Right into it. No intro. Yeah. They are right into it. It's just kind of a nice... I like this part. I mean, it is a good song. I will say, I did not even consider... I did not put everything on a playlist. I only went through and chose what I thought were even... Uh, you I know, like in the running. Wah, 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 wah sound. Yeah. I get it. Plus, I do like you having a Rick Wright song on here. I don't think I have any Ricky songs online, so I appreciate that. Representing the full band. Yeah. And the organ. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then it gets kind of doomy in the middle here, but I think I liked that a lot because yeah. it's not that long. It goes yeah. back to the original thing. I just liked this song. I think it was. I think it's a good song. I I, I agree with mm, you, man. I think it's a fine song. Yeah. <laughs> For picking twelve of the best uh, <laughs> Pink Floyd songs of this era. Yeah. It it made it. Nice. Um, and I think there might be a cool solo. No, that can't be right. Oh, there's this part. Oh yeah, I did. You know what? I kind of forgot about this song. This is a good choice. I don't know if it beats any of mine for me, but I I really like this choice. Yeah. This, this was just this it's is just great. a good listen. Yeah. Next song. Jug Band Blues. Wow. So you skipped right over Corporal Clegg. Well yeah, how long was that intro? A minute? Oh yeah. It's uh, it's out of here. And Jug Band Blues, um I forget what we use it for the theme of. Uh our oh, yeah. listener mail? Listener mail maybe, yeah. It's just I just like it's a real song, which I also appreciate. And it gets right into it, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Crucially. Yeah. I'm impressed we got a full three Sid Barrett songs on here. Best of. Me too. <laughs> I really like this bit too. Yeah. It's a, it is a good song. Definitely agree with that. And now we're moving on to more. First song, Denial Song. All right. So good. It is pretty good. This sounds like mid-70s garage punk rock, and I love it. Yes. Yeah, I do love the guitar tone on here and how, like, thick and chunky it is. And it sounds like they're playing, like, open chords, too, like, not bar chords, but then it's still, it's really great. And then this whole part is good. Did you have this on yours? I did not. I went with Ibiza Bar over yeah. this one. They were similar enough to me, I decided to choose one. It's so doomy in like such a cool way. And the guitar tone, yeah. 
There's also, I think, a solo on it that's really good. That sounds right. We'll have to wait and see, but... Just a, a truly a great song. It is. And Davey with the like proto kind of screamo vocals almost. You know, yeah. As much as you're going to get in like 1968, 69, I feel like. That's what I'm saying. It's like mid-70s garage punk rock. No. And I remember liking this at the time as well. Yeah. Ooh, I forgot about that sick little bass fill. Holy shit, Raj. Yeah, that it's was good. Really sick in the background. And all those guitar fills. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Doing some real like Jimi Hendrix kind of stuff there. That was pretty pretty bomb. For this alone. Yeah. And just seamlessly goes back into the like melody part. Yeah. So yeah. good. My You're next right. song. This kicks ass. Green is nice. the color. Because how could you not? This might be my favorite Pink Floyd song we've talked about so far. Yeah, I I think for me, it's probably this one. Narrow Way and Lucifer Sam are all like right, almost you know tied for yeah. for the best three like. In to terms me, of just the best like, songs anyone's written that they've yeah. that they've recorded so far. Yeah. To me, this is very similar to like a Led Zeppelin ballad, which is great. Yeah. I love Led Zeppelin ballads, I, and I, I it just reminds me of that. So good. That. Yeah. Especially like the the pan pipe flute, whatever it is, like yeah. kind of feels like something that would be on a Zeppelin song. Yeah, I get that for sure. And then my next song, Ibiza a Bar, baby. Nice. And it is similar to the Nile song for sure, but too good not to put on there, I think. I agree. And especially especially under your criteria. Where you're going with that. Alright, Peter. How many songs do you think I have off Amagama? Maybe zero? One. The narrow way oh, part okay. one. Oh, interesting. I think it got it gets there a lot quicker than any of the other parts. Okay. It's just acousticy and kind of pleasant. Yeah. Do you care to guess how many songs I have off of Adam Hartmother? Well, given that you have not that many songs left, <laughs> I'm going to say four. You're or close. given that I know how many that you have left to actually do on your thing. Unless you added some B-sides or something. This is good. Or this maybe something. Did you add something from the Sid Barrett albums? I'm I, Okay, so four off Adam Hartmother. Maybe. Me. We'll see. Man, this is just a nice song. It's just good. It is good. It is uh, good. The next song is something you reminded me of, Crumbling My Land. Oh, Take yes, one yes. from Zabritsky Point. I did forget about this. 
because holy shit is this good this is a pretty great song i'm really glad you reminded me because i wouldn't have put this on there yes yeah i was listening to this episode the other day and heard you exclaim your love for this i was like oh yeah it's like crosby stills nash and young it really is it's good dude not a bad thing to say about it i don't think doesn't sound like pink floyd that's for goddamn. No, they do but... their weirdest and sometimes best work, it turns out, doing soundtrack songs. Yeah. It's very confusing, but... I mean, hey, if you like soundtrack albums, The Wall is coming up. Yeah. On a hill, a man many Just a great song, man. Um, and then we get to Adam Hartmother. If. Okay. See, I'm really surprised that you put so much by from Adam Hartmother. I don't even remember listening to this album, if I'm being honest. And then going back to it, I was like, hmm. yeah, this stuff's pretty good. I remember being disappointed with the album overall, which it's Pink Floyd, so I get it. Peter, is that a Portland Trailblazers koozie? We bought them once at the arena because we usually get like canned beer there. And then it's a tall boy koozie. Smart. They do not sell tall boy cans in the arena. They only, Strange. the stuff, like 90% of the cans that they sell are 12 ounce cans. So someone misordered and yet they sold them anyway. So, but it comes in handy for, because I, this is the most old man thing I think I'm ever going to say. The 16 ounce Miller Light cans, I just drink them a little slow compared to the 12 ounce ones so having the koozie on there is nice keeps it cold longer you know my old man thing is that i try, i tend not to drink out of cans anymore i pour it in a glass every time oh interesting see i don't like that with super cheap beer because then it just gets too warm too fast and the cheaper the beer the colder it needs to be i think i think the cheapest beer i drink nowadays is coors and okay that, i'm fine drinking yeah. colder than room temperature and not that. Coors Light. I went to a show in Denver uh, a couple weeks ago, and I ordered a Coors, and the gentleman gave me a Coors Light, and I said, no, a Coors Banquet, please. Yeah, horse shit. Yeah. Horse shit, my man. I felt bad that I was rude about it, too, because I was a little bit rude. I yeah. did use that exact tone, so I tipped the guy pretty well, but <laughs> I did feel like a dick when I was like, no, a banquet, thanks. Yeah. Um, next song, Summer 68. This is really surprising to me because I think this song kind of sucks. Personally. It might. <laughs> it gets right into it, though. <laughs> no, the piano is great on this. It, that, the piano that's... is really good. And it's, once again, you got you got a Ricky song on here, so. Oh, and the bass. I really like this verse, but then the weird shift to the chorus throws me off. And then after that, I'm just done with this song. Personally, but fair. I think I, that's a I respect fair assertion. The, yeah. I like those harmonies too. They're very light in the background. Oh yeah, but beautiful. And this, to me, this 
And I know it's not the same person who wrote it because Rick did this, and I don't think he did any of Dark Side of the Moon. Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, I, don't I don't know. think so. But um, this to me sounds like an acoustic version of a song off of Dark Side of the Moon. Not this part, but the beginning part. Yeah. Um, and I, I and like this shift. Yeah. He I did, really do. He did write some of Dark Side, but um, okay. I don't remember which song specifically. Oh, yeah. It's good. So I'm going to guess next is Fat Old Son. Or, no. I knew it, PJ. You came around on Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast. Yeah, it's now so. your favorite Pink Floyd song. Um, I will say this song is the longest one I have at okay. 5 minutes and 29 seconds. Nice. And Fat Old Son. 524 yeah. is the second longest. I remember a, liking this one when we talked about it. Yeah. A, in the my opinion, song, average song with an incredible guitar solo. So, And that's, I think, half the reason I picked it. Also, the fact that the intro is only about six seconds. <laughs> the longest intro I had, by the way. I love the, I love no, your criteria so much. No, the verses to the song are good. It's just nice and like no. very light, and you've got that like slide guitar in the back. And then later on, an incredible solo. Yep. Well, PJ, what did aside from the fact that you hate their long intros, mm-hmm. what did you take away about these early days of Pink Floyd from from putting together a little best of? That I only like about twelve songs. <laughs> twelve twelve to maybe fourteen at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um And if it could have been shorter. I could have taken one or two off. Yeah. I felt like 12 was fair. Um, yeah. It just really highlighted for me how they just do not, there is no Pink Floyd sound. As not of yet. Ni- as of 1971, yeah. there is no thing. They went that through all like of Pink the Floyd. 60s not having a thing. Yeah. Their thing is that they're like avant garde, right? But musically, right. there's no. That doesn't through. mean anything. Yeah. No. Because yeah. they can have Corporal Clegg, Abitha Bar, The Narrow Way, and then like Lucifer Sam, like all next to each other, and those are all rock songs that they sound like so they are why yeah, they're all the opposite the most yeah. opposite they can be from each other. Which is like it's on one hand it's cool that there's so much variance. On the other hand, it's weird because it's like literally what is this band's thing? So like they to aren't me, the stones that's where annoying. they just love the blues. Yeah. They aren't the Beach Boys where they're just like, we love melody and harmonies. Like, they don't have a thing they're going for every yeah. time. And that might be why it's such a tough hang for me, is that there's yep. no, it's not consistent. There's not a consistent sound. Even with the Rolling Stones, like with their early stuff, in the Beach Boys for that matter, with the early stuff, as bad as it was, it's like they're doing a thing and you can, like, they stick with it and there are better versions of it and worse versions of it. But this is like, Oh, we're gonna do space jazz this time, and then it's like back half is ballads on this one, guys. It's like n- nobody knows what the fuck is going on in this band, and I think that is what bugs me. And they, the other thing that struck me is they only have about fourteen songs that don't have a stupid, dumb, long intro. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean that. Yeah, I. uh yeah, it's weird. On one hand, like I, it does bug me. On the other hand, I weirdly don't want to like take them down for it because it also sucks when a band just can only kind of do one thing. 
or like where they do one thing and then they try and get away from it and they do kind of successfully, yeah. but then they still have to end up going back to that thing. Like, and at a certain point with bands like that, you get to a point where you're just you like, just described I don't the need... Rolling Stones and the Beach Boys. Yeah, and way. you're like, I yeah. just don't need more of this band because they're always just kind of doing the same thing no, at the end of the day. I, and, but and I don't, with I don't Pink want Floyd, it's to be too scattered because it's just like yeah. they. Don't, it doesn't sound like they exactly. don't even know what they want to do. With, with most with most bands that are great, like the Beatles, it's a natural progression, right? Yeah. They're doing they're doing. You know, like and you can R&B see stuff, the influences then, yeah. coming in from like even if they have songs that sound different, you like understand where it's coming from. Whereas with yeah. Pink Floyd, it, it's not like I don't. I don't. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. You look at great bands. I th- that we haven't talked about. Let's say, let's say the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. They they have a starting point, and then there's this natural progression into kind of what their thing is and then they don't do that thing for too long i both of the bands were only around for about 10 years but um yeah uh still like what's another great band you know i think most of them kind of have that progression yeah unless they're around forever then they do the bob dylan thing where it's like past 88 don't gotta listen yeah you know don't bother I guess pre-88, and then there's some good stuff in there. During the 80s, don't listen to Bob Dylan. And then, like, 90s stuff, it gets kind of better. And then after that, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's not including the Trevin Wilburys, because Trevin Wilburys fucking rule. Yeah. All right. Well, that has been our best of the Floyd so far. Uh, thanks for joining us. Write in to beachboysboys at gmail.com with your favorite Pink Floyd tracks, either that we talked about or that we didn't talk about. Yeah. Remind us of some that maybe we, we missed. Uh, and then we'll keep, we'll keep going along. It's kind of, it's a weird spot kind of to do their best of, but it's also kind of like, I mean, they're like, their really well-known era is only three or four albums long. So we kind of have to, cut it here well it's crazy because we're at a point where i think kind of both of us are where it's like there hasn't been a great album yet right no and then we're talking about one more oh no sorry two more and then we're two and then what is considered their greatest album yeah Yeah. so it is interesting we'll see at this point i'm like how are they going to turn around dark side of the moon out of what appears to be nowhere like they're like you know how the beach boys by the time they did Pet Sounds, you kind of got it because you were like, okay, so today you they started today, doing some like really interesting, days, some more advanced nights. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Summer days, summer night. Like there were glimpses and there are glimpses like on, I'll say on my best of like Narrow Way Part 3 to me sounds like it could just be off Dark Side of the Moon. But there's not glimpses, I feel like, as a band. Like no. each songwriter occasionally is, does something where you think, oh, that sounds like great Pink Floyd. But then as a band, it doesn't feel like they're gelling together into this, like, they're not consistent greatest of all time band that they'll as a be band, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, they're not consistent as a band altogether, and then none of their albums have been consistent. And then yes. and it doesn't feel album like they're to album, as it's a band. not consistent. Yeah, they're not progressing yeah. like you were talking about as a band yet. Right. They're just kind of moving there. along on the same yeah. plane, but not going up or down, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well... All right. Thanks for joining us for this. We'll we'll talk about metal next week. Stay tuned and please write in. Yeah. No matter what your thoughts are. Love to hear. We're from lonely. <laughs> That's right. 
All right. See you on the other side of the moon, PJ. And I'll see. Oh, see you on the dark side of that moon. That's pretty good. Is that what we came up with the second episode? And we, we've I think been trying so. to remember I think it? so. Yeah. I wrote it down a while ago. And I'll see you on the other side of that rainbow, PJ. A Beach Boys Boys production.